Hey fam, no big intro today. Just wanted to let you know that this is a slow-paced, unedited episode all about the nervous system. And we explore the ideal stress response, as well as some of our favourite tried and tested ways of coping with stress. Keeping in mind that everybody can respond differently, your experience is unique, and for best practice, always consult, I would say one, your intuition, and to your own healthcare provider when it comes to trying new techniques for the first time, especially when they relate to your nervous system and capacity to respond to stress. So keep that in mind, but with that said, feel free to get cozy, grab a cuppa, have some water nearby, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, Corinda. Hello, Julie. How are you? I am all right. I am, I've been hit with a fatigue wave. A fatigue wave. Yeah, let's call it that. Mm. Uh, right after we recorded an episode all about blood sugar and me having low blood sugar <laughs> too much of the time. <laughs> and that's my own journey to suss out. It's still interesting. It is. Though. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about... Uh, nervous system regulation, mm-hmm. which actually is a really nice segue after talking about blood sugar. Yeah, because connected. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and we touched in the last episode on how stress can have a huge impact on mm. on blood sugar, and certainly you know the cortisol and adrenaline interplay. And the idea to do this episode also came from, uh, I guess, just an observation. Well our own lives, which we'll tab that for now, but Mm. an observation that there are a lot of people like struggling generally at the moment, like for all sorts of reasons. Mm. Mm. And, you know, even when we're not picking up on these um, times of like collective distress, nervous system regulation is always something that's generally overlooked, generally Mm. not prioritised. I'm grateful that we're in the era of trauma-informed and, Mm. you know, the, oh, the information that the internet has to provide on this topic is, you know, (laughs) you can learn everything you need to know about your nervous system through YouTube videos and uh, ideally good quality websites and not TikTok, but, (laughs) but, you know, there's some great people on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the internet though, isn't it? It, Yeah. It is the whole world in one place yeah the good the bad the ugly the true the not true yes and variations on all of those things that is a great point so be (laughs) discerning if you're consuming uh information especially about your health and biology on the internet yes uh, not necessarily take it with a grain of salt but ask questions and be curious about it yeah yeah but be critical about the information absolutely Mm. um and yet today, I guess, we just wanted to share some of the ways that we cope mm. uh, and deal with stress when we're sort of going through it. Mm. Um, Should we start with a little bit of a an overview of what stress is? And because it is a normal physiological function, mm-hmm. um, 
stress is the body's it's a broad term yep and it's the body's response to physical mm-hmm. emotional mm. um immunological so mm-hmm. you know infections that that's a stress yeah absolutely um um it could be a stress from say a surgery mm-hmm. um a life event mm-hmm there's a whole range of different ways that the body can be stressed mm. and the body reacts in order to be able to help you through that stress. Yeah. Uh, it could also be lack of food, you know, mal- yeah. um, malnutrition, uh, famine, yeah. they're, they're stresses as well. Mm. So your body helps you through those processes in different ways. Yeah. But then it resolves. Yes. Well, is the ideally. Yeah. <laughs> That's the if we if you're completing the stress loop, there's sort of the trigger, the initiation of the stress response, the response playing out and then resolution where yeah. you sort of come back to baseline. But yeah, I think for a lot of people there it's the lack of resolution. Yeah. And then the response, instead of being this like sharp, acute, physiological thing that your body is doing, it becomes this more prolonged, chronic state mm. of being mm. that can really mess around with things in the long term. Mm. Yeah. And because it's at that low level, it doesn't necessarily trigger the resolution. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, it, and and this is why I I am grateful for the information that is out there in terms of how do you, how can we uh, foster the the resolution of, mm. of those nervous system loops um, mm. fight and I guess when I, you know when we're talking about that we're talking about you know the fight flight freeze response and mm. making sure that that process is carried out and completed and that you're not getting stuck in any one of those modes yeah because that is not the ideal default for humans <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> even yeah. though it's more common yeah. And then returning to the rest and digest. Yeah. But again, you don't want to be in that all the time. Yes. You need to have the stress response. And that's where the... The get up and go. Is. Yes. <laughs> it's it's needed. And, and I think that's where it's really important to have a broad lens when you are consuming that information online or engaging in that kind of... In those kind of topics is that... The goal isn't, yeah, to just be in that parasympathetic rest, digest, restore mode all the time. Our bodies literally need both. Mm. And and this is something that I have seen becoming more prevalent as a narrative, but it just, it just comes back to we want a highly flexible and adaptable nervous yeah. system. That's the goal. It's not to be in one mode or the other. Mm. It is to, yeah, ensure that our bodies can function well enough that they can adapt so that if a stressor does present itself, Mm. we can deal with it accordingly with minimal harm, you know, while surviving. Um, And then can, can go to that resolved state of Mm. like, Oh, okay. Stress is over. Yep. Shake it off. Cool. Back into balance now. Yeah. Yeah. Or if the, the stress is still occurring, it's your ability to regulate yourself and your response mm. because sometimes we can't stop the stress in our lives, mm-hmm. but we can 
alter the way that we respond to it. Absolutely. Sometimes it takes work. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But we can do that. Yeah. And that helps our bodies to not be um, adversely or overly adversely affected by that chronic stress state. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, something that I'm often reminding myself of and reminding to clients is that um, your body can be affected by stress. Your body will respond to stress real or imagined. Yeah. And this is where, you know, if we're talking about you having the power uh, and you having the capacity to help yourself through stress, Mm. this is where we really get into, you know, thought patterns and emotional patterns and old emotional imprints that are triggered from past events but can continue showing up in the present and that can keep you in a state of stress. And that's like the perfect example of like where you have the most power to help how your body is receiving yeah. that signal and how your body's processing it. Because it's not like there's this um, really acute, totally out of your control circumstance presently affecting you that's mm. literally stressful. Mm. And even then, you, there's all in any situation, you always have some degree of choice. I, I truly yeah. believe that. Yeah. Um, even if it's just how you choose to respond to something, but certainly when it's that more thought based and emotional pattern stuff, there is so much we have in our control. Mm. Yeah. Even if it's not completely resolved, you can improve. There's yeah. always room for improvement. There. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the kinds of things that, that stress impacts is probably important to talk about too because yeah. uh, well certainly from my perspective and actually you'll have a perspective as well mm-hmm. the different um aspect yeah. just thinking about our own our, our areas of speciality yeah um that one of the main things that happens when we're in that fight flight or freeze state is that the the entire gastrointestinal system basically shuts down. Mm, mm-hmm. And one of the first things that happens is it, it's, it shuts down things like uh, sal- saliva production, mm. um, hydrochloric acid in the stomach, uh, gastric secretions. Mm-hmm. So all of those things that are necessary for breaking down food mm. and... Uh, protecting us against pathogens. Yeah. So any kind of... Um, pathogens that are either oral or, or inhaled mm-hmm. or ingested in any way yeah um are often killed by that hydrochloric acid now if you don't have sufficient hydrochloric acid mm. then that's not going to occur mm-hmm. the other thing that's necessary is the we, we need a, a specific amount of um of acid in the stomach for um assimilating nutrients yeah absorbing minerals like calcium like iron yeah like magnesium like zinc yeah b12 b12 yeah uh, digesting proteins at all yeah 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 yeah. so if you're one of those people that says i struggle to digest protein Mm. um it 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 could be something related to a, a chronic stress yeah state and then can be other things as well. Absolutely, but, yeah. yeah. But and, and look, the stress response in the nervous system is always, is almost always playing 
some role that yeah. we, that needs addressing hey like yeah. in, in our clinical practice yeah and then from my perspective of hormones and the menstrual cycle i guess the best way to put it is if you are in a state where your nervous system that can't understand your circumstances right that can't be rationalized with mm. if your nervous system is focused on surviving if it is perceiving any kind of threat, it is not going to prioritise baby making. It is yeah. not going to prioritise reproducing. And the effect of that goes beyond just being able to fall pregnant or not. Mm. The, the, and, and I speak about this a lot, um, this concept of fertility is your vitality. It does not matter how if you intend on having children or when biologically we are designed to be in an optimal state of health when we are most mm. fertile mm. that is when we are at our most optimal state reproductive window depending yeah um and so if your brain's focused on surviving the communication between your brains and your brain and your ovaries is is going to be interfered with and Mm. and you will not be producing sufficient hormone levels and you might not be ovulating regularly. And so you're Mm. not producing progesterone and that leads to a whole array of symptoms. Mm. Um, At the very least, you know, even if you are ticking those boxes, you are ovulating at all. If you're in a stressed state, certainly that premenstrual phase can be so much more intense just because your your brain might be more sensitive to different chemical changes that happen as a result of hormones, hormonal changes, um, and just being more emotionally sensitive. Mm. Um, it can cer- certainly exacerbate some of those premenstrual symptoms. And then thinking about the period, I mean, if you experience any degree of cramps or period pain or heavy bleeding, and we consider the link between stress and inflammation... It, it makes sense that those two things could go hand in hand mm. and that a part of the picture of reducing period pain, managing heavy bleeding, stress is all, addressing stress is always going to be a part of that treatment picture. It's almost like a physical manifestation <sighs> yeah. of the stress, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. So um, would you say that uh, – your your menstrual cycle is is almost like a monthly health report card. Oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Because yeah, the symptoms that you're noticing alongside your cycle, um, ideally in the most <laughs> in the most ideal scenario, you're tracking ovulation, <laughs> so you know if you're ovulating or not. And if you notice that you, based on your body signs, you haven't ovulated one cycle, you can go, okay, that's a big uh, report from my body mm. letting me know that something's gone wrong mm. um, and certainly the quality of the period yeah definitely mm. a report card um, and when yeah. you say tracking ovulation you mean mm. properly tracking ov- ovulation not just relying on an app yes because yes. The, the apps aren't that reliable an app, yeah correct mm. and a period tracking app even one that is focused on fertility and so is more focused on ovulation and does all these calculations and tells you when you're in your fertile window, that is not a validated way of, Mm. uh, you know, predicting ovulation at the least, Mm. but certainly not for confirming that you've actually ovulated. Mm. Anyone with a period tracking app that involves period predictions, that app will be telling them that 
there's a point in time where they're ovulating. If you are not tracking your basal body temperatures um, as a baseline or perhaps in conjunction with your cervical fluid, you are not. Mm. Could you? There's no way of confirming ovulation unless you fall pregnant. <laughs> then you're like, oh, must have ovulated. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Can you notice a correlation between stress states mm. and fluctuations in basal body temperature? Given given oh. that it's gone, it may affect ovulation. Yeah. Like, I mean, if your body doesn't feel safe to have a baby because yeah. of stress, yeah. Can you? Is that? Do you pick that up in basal body temperature? Oh, that's a really good point. I guess it could go either way. So basal body temperature is also a reflection of how your thyroid's doing. So yeah. which, you know, in your thyroid gland and thyroid hormones pretty much dictate all metabolism that's happening mm. in your body. So I can't say for sure, but what I would expect to see, if you don't ovulate, you don't get that significant temperature rise that, yeah. that stays high until your, your next period. But... From one perspective, I, yeah, I would expect perhaps the basal body temperature to be lower than even average, mm. which could signify thyroid not functioning as optimally as it could. I'm picturing like almost a, that thyroid symptom of having cold hands and feet and feeling mm. the cold more easily. Mm. Um, and that's not like a, you know, when we're thinking about survival, that. I picture, you know, shivering and withered and, mm. and, and struggling um, as opposed to someone who's warm, has good blood flow, you know, has mm. all the nutrients they need, oxygen, great oxygen exchange, you know, all great circulation, all that, that stuff. Mm. So I would suspect, I would expect to see lower basal body temperatures mm. in that stressed state without, mm. certainly without ovulation. Yeah. Mm. And when I'm mm. saying low, I'm talking in terms of basal body temperature charting using an oral thermometer, uh, I think the cutoff is anything below 36.3 yep. Celsius is considered, like, if you have that consistently, it's like, oh, your thyroid might be struggling. Yeah. But in an actively stressed state that's been going on for a long time and, and in a lot of the charters of my clients that I work with, I'm often seeing really low 36s, mm. um, sometimes even high 39s. So like 30, uh, sorry, 35s. So 35.9, 35.8 mm. um, in that pre-ovulatory phase. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Um, and the thyroid is also affected by stress. Absolutely. More yeah. would you, I think would be in the same way, like in terms of more suppressed, like less yeah. activity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and the conversion to the active yeah um is altered in stress yeah not that you can tell that unless you you're getting a full thyroid panel Pro yeah from your pathology test yeah so big side <laughs> another <note there>. rabbit hole <laughs> other rabbit hole if if someone tells you that your thyroid is fine and the only test result you have is tsh uh, that that's not enough information no no it's <laughs> anyway, not so that was a good i feel like that was a good a good little mini rabbit hole of like yeah, how stress yeah. can can manifest in the body yeah shall we get into what? some of the things that we do ourselves and or recommend to our clients absolutely uh, that's the good stuff that is the good stuff we want it to be <laughs> practical we want you to be able to take something away but you're like oh i can actually try that yeah um 
Did you have anything off the top of your head that you want to start with? I'm a bit of an evangelist for meditation. Yeah. And yeah. and I have to say a convert because for most of my life I knew that it was good for you, mm. but I never really did it. Yeah. And then slowly, slowly I tried it with, uh, I'm thinking of the, the choir that I was in at one point mm. singing vocal harmonics and everybody in the choir except me was a meditator oh. um, and so I you know we'd have group meditations before we'd sing so um, yeah so it was kind of through that that I've first dabbled um, more recently though I've become a, a regular meditator and mm. And I, I, I love that delicious feeling. It's it's work. It's not, yep. you know, it's like learning to tightrope mm. walk. Sorry, yeah. tight, tight, learning to tightrope. Oh. <laughs> tightrope walk. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can't do it the first time, that's not a surprise because you haven't mm. done it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the thing that I that is probably most valuable for people to know is if if you're that person that's going no 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 i can't meditate because i can't slow my brain down Mm. it's like well you are exactly the person that needs to try Mm. needs to learn or or to to try to practice doing that because that's what you learn yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely Mm. To to put some space in between thought and action yes to be able to recognize when you're having um, negative thoughts yeah. and to be able to sort of, you know, pan out and go, hmm, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Do I really think that? Do I really want to think that? Yeah. Um, and to be able to um, focus your attention Mm. Yeah, mm, I like that. And at the risk of at the risk of sounding harsh, if yeah, if you're if you um, relate to what Julie described of like being that person that's like, oh no, no no, there's no way I can meditate. Like my my mind's going too fast. Like that's a limiting belief, and it's not necessarily yeah. a, an excuse uh, or a reason why you can't meditate. So much as it is a symptom mm. of life <laughs> that, chronic stress of chronic stress yeah. that can be changed obviously if you desire that yeah if you are and and i think some people can get stuck in just oh that becomes the default mold mo- mode and it becomes comfortable yeah but um just again coming back to this concept of personal power like you have you have the power to influence that at yeah. the least um, and it doesn't mean there's going to be magic pill overnight changes, but no. <laughs> slowly but surely, you know, like chipping away at something, yeah. practicing, you know, just a little bit over time can make a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just sitting still mm. with your own thoughts yeah. for five minutes each day yeah. is a, is a really valuable practice. Mm. How often do we, you know, take time out to let our brains just rest yeah and and i'm not talking rest as in sleep yeah i mean you know you wouldn't leave your car in the driveway with the engine running all Mm. night yeah but we don't turn our brains off yeah and we expect them to to keep going all the time 
Um, and, some... and even the modern age winding down is usually based on some external stimuli. And yeah. so it's not... And this is a trap. It can feel like winding down maybe because you're not at work, you're not customer-facing, you're yeah. not having to show up to something. But if your winding down involves consuming content, it's... To a degree, still work for your brain. Still a lot of information for your brain to process, even if it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, yeah. And can perpetuate some of those maybe like overthinking or um, poor focus Mm. traits. Yeah, and habits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's... Sorry, I had a thought and it went out of my head. Oh, as they do. As they do. Uh, well, on, on off the back of the meditation suggestion, um, something that helped me is like remembering that the goal of meditation isn't to have no thoughts. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I know you know this, um, but it's to practice mindfulness, present moment awareness of your thoughts. And so a little trick that really helped me uh, along my meditation journey, and I think this one was from, I think, I've learned this from Eckhart Tolle is just like the simple labeling technique. So like sitting in meditation, you know, can be, you know, a nice seated posture, eyes opened or closed. And you might just start focusing on the breath. Inevitably thoughts are going to come in and the exercise is to witness the thought and you can put it in a box of Mm. past thinking, present moment observations or future thinking. And once you label it, you just let it float on by. And it might help to visualize your thoughts as clouds slowly passing in the sky or leaves on a a river, a flowing Mm. stream of water. Um, Cars on a road. Cars on a road, yeah. I tend tend to opt (laughs) for the the natural (laughs) natural landscapes. I was thinking I I really like that. I like, I use clouds. Yeah, yeah. Because they're very passive and calming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But not attaching to those thoughts is is part of it. Um, The, can, if I may, add to that. And we have other techniques other than meditation. Yes, yeah, so we'll please stay tuned. Yeah. Um, one of the techniques I find is really grounding is when you first, you know, take your position, whether it's seated or or, or lying on the floor. You can mm. be in, you know, shavasana. Yeah. Um, just lying on the floor with your hands down beside your back, uh, beside your body. Yeah. Um, in a relaxed state, is to first relax the body because. Mm. Um, sometimes it can be quite difficult to um, deal with your thoughts yeah. if your body's tense. Yeah. And so just going progressively from your toes, slowly up your feet, up your ankles, into mm-hmm. your calves, right up through the body and just maybe feeling whatever sensations there are in your body yeah. just bringing your awareness to your body can help yeah and then actively relaxing and i like the term relinquish your muscles Ooh. to gravity oh and um nice yeah and even just doing that can yeah. be really calming even yeah. if you don't go any further than that yeah just doing a relaxation exercise yeah it can be really powerful and um progressive muscle relaxation is Mm. something that people might like to try and dare i say you know if we love the insight timer app 
if you're on Insight Timer or even just YouTube or Spotify, if you search um, guided progressive muscle relaxation, mm-hmm. you'll if you feel like you want to be guided. But essentially, it's just instead of just going from a baseline of however you are and then focusing on relaxing the muscles, you actively tense muscle mm. groups one at a time and then release them. And it can almost like um, double down on the the felt relaxation. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's especially great before bed mm. um, to really help relax the body. Mm. Yeah. Um, another technique, mm. four, seven, eight breathing. Oh, yeah. It's a really good one. I don't... There's a few different breathing techniques. I don't practice that one heaps. So that's inhale for four, hold for seven, exhale for eight. Yeah, yeah. God. I like that. And you do, I mean, you can do as little as three or four rounds. Yeah. And if you're in a really acute stress, somebody's just said something to you, mm. somebody's just cut you off in the traffic or whatever, <laughs> just doing three or four rounds of that yeah. can can really calm down the, the nervous system in the moment. Yes. Mm. And for reference, uh, whenever the exhale is longer than the inhale, yeah, that can help stimulate that parasympathetic rest, digest, restore mode of your nervous system. So that's how techniques like the four, seven, eight um, mm. breathing can work. Another favorite of mine while we're on breathing is alternate nostril breathing. Oh, I love that. It's yeah. just so powerful. It's just so powerful. So yeah. essentially, again, feel free to look it up on YouTube if you want a visual. Um, but essentially. You're using your thumb and your index finger. You're blocking one nostril uh, with your thumb. You're inhaling through the open nostril. <laughs> She's demonstrating. I'm demonstrating She's to, <laughs> to the sound gods. Um, and then you block both nostrils, release your thumb, exhale through that now opposite open nostril. Mm. And then breathe in through that one, block both, release the opposite one, breathe out. Breathe in, block release breathe out yeah Mm. um and doing that you know for even just 10 rounds of the breath or you know five ten minutes can be oh man just Mm. so so soothing and chilling Mm. yeah just breathing nasal breathing as opposed to mouth breathing which we tend to do and we and also when we're in a stress state we tend to breathe more shallow mm. and, and faster yeah but breathing through your nose mm-hmm. slows that that down yeah and um can be beneficial mm. just that just that just that so i guess you know throwing that throwing mouth taping in there that could be really useful especially if you know if you're a mouth breather or a snorer overnight yeah you will wake up feeling like a new person and that's definitely gonna on a few different levels, going to be helping your nervous system. Absolutely. Oh, mm. I. We could do a whole podcast we, on mouth. Taping. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't. Act- oh my god, <laughs> I have clients saying like, "Oh, I saw you post that." Like in our sessions, they'll be like, "Oh, I saw you post that um thing about taping your mouth on Instagram." <laughs> can Can you tell me about that? <laughs> um, and people are really excited to try it, which is really good. But yeah, that's something I've been doing since 2017 or 2018. Now, yeah, yeah. not not over and right. But, um, yeah, it's really nice to have in the repertoire. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's changed my life. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Um, what else? A general thing that I want to throw in there before I move on to some more specific techniques. Something I came up with last year, came up with, 
This it's definitely a mode of thinking about. It's definitely a model of stress that exists and, and stress relief that exists. Um, not based on anything specific. I'm just guessing. I'm just assuming that it definitely exists. Um, but I came up with something in language that made sense to me in terms of the process of resolving stress. I believe we must first release the stress and mm. then focus on relaxation. So if you're going from this super stressed, overwhelmed state straight into relaxation techniques, chances are the stress, if, if not resolved, that feeling of overwhelm, that stress is going to keep popping back up mm. because that loop isn't being completed. Mm. And this is where I like a lot of, a lot of different activities, but spe- especially physical ones because obviously, and you know, the more that we know about trauma now and how our body can hold on to memories and stress, mm. oftentimes it just comes down to the physical release in our bodies mm. that because our bodies haven't been released, our mind is staying active in in the sort of pattern of like, something's wrong, like why are we feeling stressed? Like this isn't right. Mm. Um, so we need to address that first. And so I, for that, I really love shaking, dancing, um, there's actually a great um, somatic release technique um, that I recently saw and have been doing a bit more of that I can try to describe. Uh, yeah, it's easy enough to describe. Uh, I've, I've seen this in a few different ways, but the most recent person I've seen demonstrate this is uh, someone called the Workout Witch on Instagram. Oh, I love that name. Who's all about like exercise that that's um, focused on somatics, focused on trauma release. Mm. Um, and she shares a lot of helpful info. Um, and it's essentially one where you're lying down on the floor. And with your heels, you uh, you begin to rock your body. So by like pumping your feet. Mm. At, so like uh, if your toes are pointing to the ceiling, then you point, sort of flex your toes um, oh, yeah. away from you and then in front of you and sort of get a rhythm going like that doing that for no more than five minutes at a time and certainly no more than 30 seconds if it's your first time doing it because it can bring up stuff, mm. um, can be a great way to uh, release the body. Um, I'll probably do a demo for Julie after we finish <laughs> recording. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. And, and I really like, you know, it sounds so basic, but I really like exercise for this, especially mm. in a kind of exercise that does feel like a release like mm. running or boxing or mm. a specific kind of dance where um, uh, there's a lot of expression involved. Mm. I also mm. really like, I don't know how to pronounce her first name, but um, the founder of a modality called nonlinear movement, mm. which is again, somatic focused. That is all just about like moving how you feel, moving how you feel called to, mm. um, and for me, that looks like putting on a playlist of music, um, depending on the vibe that I'm feeling, and moving my body in all moments. And the challenge is to just keep moving, even if it's just the smallest movement in your fingertip, just mm. keep moving with where the energy is in your body and how it wants to move. Interesting. That can be a really good release. But honestly, shaking is over is underrated. Yeah. I, just a good shake and um, jumping up on your on your heels and yeah. swinging down your arms can be really powerful. I love that. That when you think about it, I mean, it, it it's an energy yeah. and it needs to be released. Yeah. Um, and the animals do that. 
Yeah, but straight you after know, stress. After they've they've had a fight or something, you see them, like, you know, yeah. sh- full body shake. Or, yeah. yeah. And the amount, oh my God, the amount of times I actually notice with my dog on a walk where at a glance... On a first look, she might seem fine, but then a few seconds later, she'll she'll shake, mm. and I'll be like, oh, "Okay, she encountered a stressor, and that shake signifies the the resolution yeah. of like, okay, that's a reset now." Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we forget we're animals. Uh, yep, I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so shaking. Yeah. Don't uh, don't uh, knock it till you try it. And there's another one called havening. Yeah. So and that I would put in. Uh, the, the soothing, the relaxation technique. Yeah. So do yeah. some shaking and then do some havening, yeah. which is... Yes, yes. Oh, sorry Did you know, not to interrupt you, but um, I was thinking before when you were talking about exercise that it's really important for people to understand that exercise is a great release, mm-hmm. but it can also elevate the nervous system. Yes. So, and, and, and I come across this often in clinic where people, I say, what do you do to, to fill your cup or relieve stress? And they say, I go to gym or I run mm. or I box or I whatever. Mm. Um, and to keep in mind if you're doing that late at night that may affect your sleep because it's elevating your nervous system so your body doesn't necessarily know good stress from bad stress yes that's a good great point and um even excitement yes is an elevated nervous system yeah which is similar to stress yeah it's just it feels good and then and then it relieves hopefully Yeah. yeah um so if you're doing strenuous exercise mm. for stress relief you need to balance that out with a calming activity yes yeah. such as any of these others that we've just talked about yeah and based on your current state of health and and your inflammation levels i i had this conversation with um a client recently who runs six days a week mm. and after our our initial session you know of, of realizing that there's quite a bit of stress at play there, potentially inflammation um, that leads into a bigger immune system picture. And it, it, it sort of became a part of my role to weigh up if the running was more of a stressor yeah. or more of a reliever for her. And for where she's at right now, the running is a really important part of her stress relief. And so what we will do is go, okay, continue doing that. Maybe make some cycle-based changes yeah yeah (laughs) because it's me um (laughs) but then yeah introducing some of those relieving techniques yeah Yeah. and from that do you want to explain what havening is oh yes so uh, well i mean it's probably one of those things that you you can google and find different techniques there's there's a heap of different um havening videos yeah but it's essentially a series of um, movements that you can and, and actions on your own body like uh, rubbing your mm. arms you know like, almost like self-hugging yeah yeah um, with a bit of emotion yeah yeah and it uh, it's funny because I'm doing it to myself now <laughs> um, it's it's a, it's quite surprising how relaxing and relieving it is mm. it's almost it's it's almost similar to getting a hug from someone else. Yeah. And I think if you can combine that with some, you know, some self-love, just thinking 
nice thoughts about yourself. Yeah. Um, particularly, you know, if you've if something's happened or you're angry with yourself or yeah. you've done something to sort of trigger the stress event, I think it's really good to forgive yourself yeah. as well in Absolutely. in those sorts of moments. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we are animals <laughs> and we will react to things and not yeah, always in the, yeah. in the quote unquote best way yeah, yeah, or the way that we're most proud of. Yeah. yeah. But forgiveness and, and self-compassion is a huge component. Which, which brings me to another thought. Oh. Gratitude journaling. Oh, yeah. Just having gratitude. The act of gratitude journaling means that you, you say you... At, let's say at night before you go to bed you mm. write down three things that you're grateful for mm. or three things during your day that you've been grateful for yeah so that means that each day you're actually looking for positive things yeah okay. and it can change your perspective on the world absolutely and if you're not a writer i don't know if there's research behind this but a lot of sort of people in the sphere I've heard um, talk about how the feeling of gratitude can be more impactful than the yeah. act of writing. And look, and not for everyone, but it, uh, for a period of time where I was doing gratitude journaling, especially when I was younger, it sort of became a rote thing of like thinking of things to list. Oh, uh, yeah. And so now, so if you're not a writer, even just visualizing, you know, maybe as you put your head on the pillow at night and you close your eyes and you're like, okay, you're scanning your day for like, oh, what? Yeah, what do I feel grateful for? What what mm. can I feel gratitude for? And then just tuning into that moment and letting yourself feel that gratitude in your body. Mm. Um, oh yeah, I feel like there have been some studies done on like the impact of that, the, the felt sense of gratitude yeah. and uh, prompting yourself to be in that state more can really yeah. can be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Lovely. Another technique. Yeah, <laughs> we've got so many techniques. I didn't realize we had so many. <laughs> I know. I, I I've got two more. I've got two more. Yeah. All right. Um, the one that I was thinking of after havening was tapping. EFT, oh, yeah. emotional freedom technique. Tapping. Yeah. Now again, look this up on YouTube. You're going to find a lot of variations. A lot of different kinds of people doing different guided sequences. You can also find practitioners to work with. This is a modality that I do incorporate as part of some of my sessions. Um, and I do sometimes record personalized videos for my clients, depending on the, especially, essentially you're working with specific emotions or specific memories and you are repeating phrases as you tap on certain acupressure points along your face and your upper body. Um, and the premise is that as you're tuning into emotions and memories, you're coming back to this. I mean, other than the fact that the the, the physical tapping itself mm. can stimulate the um the calming nervous system aspect, but you're coming back to this compo this idea that even though you're feeling this way, even mm. though this thing happened to you, you love and accept and forgive yourself, mm. and it's grounding back into that self acceptance, which mm. I feel like is just step one of any kind of transformation. Yeah, you can't yeah. just bypass where you're at yeah. and go. I'm feeling shit and I don't want to feel shit. So I, I'm just going to really force myself to not feel shit. <laughs> Sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is fully accept how shit you feel. Yeah. 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 Mm. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say that, uh, there are many different names for 
uh, different types of tapping. Yeah. As well. There's faster um, EFT. Yeah. There's emotional there's freedom tech. Well, that is emotional freedom technique. Yeah. Utaptics. Oh yeah, Utaptics. The, the yeah. newer name, I think. Mm. Um, but you know, find one that resonates with you. Yeah. For the record, mm. his videos are relatively old, but I love tapping with Brad. Uh, Brad Yates <laughs> on YouTube. I really, oh, yeah, I really yeah. like his vibe. Yeah. yeah. I think I have his book. Yeah. Mm. And in our naturopathic circles, break break free with EFT. Um, Catherine Ross. Yeah. Um. She also she does some YouTube videos, but does a lot of one on one work with a lot of colleagues that I know of, um, with amazing results. So I highly highly recommend mm. checking her out as well. Mm. Yeah. And what was the other one? The other one was vagus nerve toning. Mm. Now this and actually I will say let's not go too far down the rabbit hole because the vagus nerve could be a whole episode. Oh, absolutely. Episode. Yeah. Um, but essentially, there's you have this vagus nerve. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of different ways that you can activate and tone it. Mm. And I think it's, dare I say, especially for a freeze response, it can be particularly helpful to stimulate the vagus nerve. Um, I would have thought for any. For any yeah. Um, I, I might be getting too technical. Yeah. But it can uh, be used Well, broadly. I'm also thinking, you know, the vagus nerve is the one that um, stimulates the hydrochloric acid yeah. in the stomach. So any any of those, uh, uh, you know, I'm always thinking, uh, yeah. I'm always thinking of the gut. Yeah. And it is important. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, essentially there's, there are these techniques that you can do to stimulate this nerve. For example, humming, mm. gargling, singing, laughing. Um, can stimulate the vagus nerve. There is this technique that I like that I'm actually... <laughs> am I going to explain it on the podcast? Yeah, I will. Because it's helpful. Uh-huh. Lie down on a yoga mat or on your bed. Put your... Place your feet on the surface underneath you so your knees are facing the ceiling. Bent and facing the ceiling. Interlock your... Interlace your hands together and place them at the base of your neck. Mm-hmm. And with sort of your thumbs resting like alongside your neck. And look up to the ceiling and I want you to pretend that there's a clock face at the ceiling that you're looking at. A clock face in front of you. And first I want you to take both your eyes towards where 10 o'clock would be on mm. the clock face. So we're sort of going upper left diagonally, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to put your eyes, there, you're going to hold your eyes there and... You will feel like a bit of a ocular stretch, but it's nothing that you can't hold. So just mm. as a gauge of how far to take it. And holding that and just, you know, you can take deeper breaths, but you don't have to. Holding that until you get either a yawn, sigh, or swallow. Oh. And I just, oh my God, I just swallowed. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's just going to happen. You won't have to think about it. You won't have to force anything. You will just find your... I just swallow. Yeah. You will find your body doing it. And then once that happens, then move your eyes over to the opposite side. So what would be roughly two o'clock on a clock face? So upper right diagonally, holding that there and just again waiting for... Mm, the physiological <laughs> release. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I stifled it, but it was a yawn. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that will happen. Your body will just do that. And that's a sign that you're... Uh, toning the the vagal nerve Mm. Um, and for some people you'll get the response in a few seconds 30 seconds Mm. for other people it can take a few minutes so just Mm. remember to be patient and gentle with yourself 
Um, and if you don't get any response, just wait a couple of minutes and then move on to the other side mm. and then go back in that sort of two minute rhythm. Um, if you're not getting a response, it can, it can take, um, depending on the baseline that you're starting at coming into the exercise, it can mm. be different. Um, Interesting. But yeah, that's one of my faves. I wasn't even lying on the floor. Yeah, we were just <laughs> sitting on our computer chairs. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I love that. Mm. Um, also, there are ways of measuring our stress uh, mm. response or our our ability to regulate the stress response, I should say. Yeah. Um, with heart rate variability. Mm. I mean, there's lots of smart devices now that do that for you. Yep. Um, or you can, there are specific devices. Yep. I have a program on my laptop where you can measure it. But that shows how well your heart and your nervous system are interacting with each other. Yeah. Um, and that can be really valuable in- information because sometimes people think they're not stressed. Yeah. And, and then your are. body, your, when, the data yeah. from your body, as we mentioned in the blood sugar episode, will, can tell you otherwise. Yeah. yeah. And I know you use, so you have an Apple Watch and an iPhone. What do they call that score on, Um, is it like the readiness score? Oh. Or is that a different thing that's based on sleep? Something? Oh, it's it's part of a suite of um, apps. Mm. Um, Auto sleep measures the, the, the quality of my sleep. Um, and it measures heart rate variability as part of that. Mm. And, it, and then it combines the heart rate variability and um, uh, blood pressure? No. Mm. Waking beats per minute. Oh, okay. So um, BPM so, with heart rate variability. Yeah. And um, that leads that gives you a readiness score for the day. Well, here it? we go. I'll read it. Readiness combines waking heart rate variability and waking pulse to provide an insight into your mental and physical state. Increases in heart rate variability and decreases in waking pulse are positive signs. Um, Capture waking HRV by doing a one-minute session with the breathe option Mm. in the mindfulness app on your watch (laughs) upon waking. There you go. There you go. Um... So I really like auto sleep, and mm. if anyone has an Apple Watch, it's money well spent. I think it's okay. a one-time purchase. Okay. Um, but also have um, Heart Watch, Auto Wake, and Eclipse, which oh. are also apps within the same suite, and they measure different things. The Heart Watch is obviously measuring da- heart data. Yep. Auto Wake. Um, is a function that you can use for an alarm that wakes you at the best part of the sleep cycle. Oh, amazing. And Eclipse um, is it tells you about your readiness and recovery mm. um, for, say, training or something like that. So oh, cool. I really like those. And it's a bit of a, sorry, a bit of a divergence yeah, but from what we were talking about, but... Helpful. Yeah, helpful. And and I think, I mean, as, as part of nervous system regulation, sleep is really important. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting to see how well I sleep in in terms of that app. Yeah. Deep sleep versus light sleep. Yeah. And how I'm feeling yes. during the day when I wake. And as we realised recently with you, you can be sleeping for enough hours or long hours 
but not necessarily be getting good quality sleep. Exactly. So tracking yeah. it in a way that is accessible to you, and obviously it's not accessible to everyone, but it can be really, really helpful if if you're like, yeah, I think I'm getting enough hours, but something over time just isn't feeling quite right. You're not feeling replenished when you wake up and yeah. you're running into the same sort of reactivity or stress response that you mm. experience. Um, it could be, yeah, a good investment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you might try mouth taping yeah. to improve that sleep. Yes, because that can and likely will happen. I mean, I yeah. shouldn't say will. But... And then you can measure the data as yeah. well. You can see in real time if it's um, if it's helping you. Oh, amazing. I actually have a, um, as part of my menstrual cycle tracking, I have an option where I, um, a little button that I can toggle if I mouth taped that night or not. And just and really, yeah, because I try and so it's all customized. So I put the oh, data okay. in, yeah, <laughs> that was like they put that into apps. <laughs> oh, we can have hope, we can yeah. have hope. We will, we will have the whole world mouth taping. <laughs> that is our goal. What do you reckon, 2025? Yeah, yeah, I think it's reasonable. Yeah, people are ready. We're gaining traction. Yeah, apparently, it's on TikTok. Not that I've looked. <laughs> yeah. I'll take I'll take a millennial's word for it that it's on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I hope oh, you've, uh, oh. nature. No, oh. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's not in our job title. And is it? nature. <laughs> and just tack that on there. Yeah. Um yeah, as naturopaths. Yes. <laughs> I, I think of often forgotten prescription mm. um especially with more modern naturopathic training is uh yeah, spending time in nature, letting yeah. nature hold you um observing nature if you haven't listened to our episode interview with andrew (laughs) skiok my goodness that is a fantastic episode all about our connection to nature a a concept of human beings as nature and finding a sense of belonging and calm by participating with nature and, and what he calls deep listening to nature and it, I have to say, it was there were some surprises there for me. Yeah, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was really good. So yeah, mm. highly recommend. I think that's mm. episode twenty-two. So yeah, yeah, check yeah. that one out. Also, just being in nature, we um, inhale terpenes from plants, mm. and just we don't notice it necessarily. I mean, we we might smell say we're in a gum tree forest we'll smell the terpenes then yeah um and in fact if you've ever been to say the three sisters in new south wales katoomba Mm. uh where you can look over this valley of mainly eucalypts and there's a kind of a as almost a haze a blue haze they call them the blue mountains because there's this blue haze and that's you can see the terpenes wow. being released from the trees. We actually inhale those terpenes and they help to calm and regulate our nervous system. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the sound or the visual of seeing the green colour. Yeah. But it's also the the being in, immersed in the, the chemicals of nature yeah. that all help to regulate. Mm. And I feel like based on that, it, it would be a criminal if I didn't mention um, Catherine from Dare to Change <gasps> Therapies. Yes. Uh, this past weekend um, in late October, we did a one of her 
led guided sound medicine hikes um, through the forest where the Ada tree is Mm. uh, near Warburton and in Victoria for those in Victoria (laughs) and it was a combination of forest bathing yeah um, and and Catherine has so much knowledge to share Uh, it's like so necessary yeah so the concept of um Forest bathing, which was coined by a Japanese researcher. Yep. Um, and the impact that... Be, I think it's... Th- is it three hours a week? Oh, I think two. Two hours a week. The two. impact mm. of two hours a week of being immersed in nature, um, how much of an impact, a positive impact that can have on your health. Which coincidentally oh. is the same length of time that has been researched for being immersed in an environment with birdsong. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, good mm. to know. Yeah. Oh, mm. per- they go I know. hand in hand. Perfect. <laughs> um, the Sound Medicine Hike also included some uh, mindfulness practices as we walked yeah. throughout the forest. It included listening to the trees with um, a beautiful device mm. that picks up on the frequencies that the trees are giving off and converts them into sound and you can sort of choose the instrument um that you want to play and you can listen to the song of the trees which is phenomenal magical (laughs) and learning about how the trees communicate with each other and how they manage other trees around them and which trees and plants need support and yeah, and ascending nutrients and water through their root system. It's just incredible. Yeah. Um, and then under the Adar tree, which is the tallest tree in Victoria at least. I think so. Yeah. Certainly the ta- tallest eucalypt. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, we did a guided sound healing meditation, again, led by Catherine. Um, she's a fantastic musician. Mm. There was shamanic drumming. There was beautiful... Um, I want to call it flute song. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, she had a couple of different flutes. Um, flutes. Yeah, sometimes a handpan drum. Although I don't know if that made a. I I was pretty deep in meditation yeah. and a bit of a a bit of a nap. Yeah, so <laughs> I actually don't remember all the instruments. But it was just such a healing, restorative experience. Mm. Yeah, and this is not. The, this is not a paid promotion. I just no, think everyone should do it. I do too. It was it was a really wonderful experience. Not the whole the whole thing from from yeah. beginning to end. Yeah. Not least of which because it started with birthday cake for Corinda. Yeah, surprise birthday cake. I yeah, know. that was lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I love what Catherine does yeah and i look forward to the next time we go yeah me too and we've also done some of her indoor sound healing so if if whatever reason um forest bathing and and going for a little hike is out of your reach there are Mm. also some beautiful indoor events that are just lying down um again guided meditation beautiful music plant music from some of her pot plants that she brings Mm. it's just it's just fabulous like i cannot recommend it Highly enough. What was the name of her business again? Dare to Dare change. to Change Therapies. Yeah. 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 And she's um, based in Warburton, but offers events sort of all over mm. um, different parts of Victoria. Yeah. Mm. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> and on that note. Yeah. 
<sighs> oh, well, I feel calmer. <laughs> yeah. I, it feels... I, I literally feel calmer. Yeah. Just talking about it. Yeah, same. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. We hope that you've got something practical that you can take away from this episode. Um, have a little play with in your own life. Mm. Um, and remember, you know, to... For these tools and techniques to support you, and it's going to sound so obvious, you need to practice them. Yeah. You need to do them. Knowing them is not enough. Sometimes there's a bit of a trap where, like, you gain all this knowledge, you get all these ideas, you're like, oh, cool. And your brain's like, oh, cool, we're sorted. We learnt that thing. Mm. But it's about applying it Mm. in those moments where you're catching yourself like, oh, I'm going past my stress threshold Mm. I really need some support or like I don't like how this week has felt what practice could I do is there Mm. some stress I need to release so yeah yeah. actually that's a really good message too because um it's easy to forget in the moment when you are peaking you know when you're really stressed yeah um and I'm I'm remembering something I think I saw it on insta (laughs) (laughs) Uh, where a woman was talking about um in in those really stressed states where your frontal lobe mm. is inhibited yeah. and you don't necessarily make good decisions yep. in that really stressed state. So practicing these things when you're not in that stressed state is more likely to... Uh, you're more likely to remember them mm. when you need them most Yeah, if you've practiced them the rest of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I actually have a recent post about that in regards to ovulation and I'll, I will link that. Oh, well done. I will link that in the show notes and I will also link um, a couple of the original posts I did on like release the, the concept of releasing and then relaxing um, yeah. and some, some ideas and examples of, of how you can apply that to your life. Perfect. Perfect. Take care. Yeah. Look after you. Yeah. And we'll catch you in the next one. Lovely. See ya. Bye.